Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Osiris listeners, we want to tell you about our friends at Sunset Lake CBD who support this show. Sunset Lake CBD is a Vermont hemp farm crafting affordable CBD products designed to help with sleep and stress without breaking the bank. If you haven't tried CBD before, take it from me, it's a game changer. I use Sunset Lake's tincture every night before I go to bed, helping me get solid, restful sleep. And their gummies are great for daytime. Check out their new Good Vibes gummies, which have just a bit of hemp-derived THC to help you relax and unwind. Sunset Lake CBD crafts products with hemp grown on their family farm and ships them directly to customers. They have tinctures, salves, edibles, coffee, smokables, and even pet products. By the way, their CBD chocolate fudge is awesome. Check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use coupon code TIME for 20% off all products. Sunset Lake CBD. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown. Osiris. Loyalty, described as, do you care? And I care, and that's why I'm on this show. Comes a time, here we go. <laughs> I'm a sucker for O'Teal, man. I saw that same feeling that I have, that would he fill the void that I didn't even know existed. It feels so good to, as Ben said, to try to do something about an issue as opposed to complaining. If you can't help, don't hurt. If we could just all get out there and throw cream puffs at each other, maybe things would, instead of bullets and, and <laughs> angry words, it would be better. When you stop laughing, you stop living. There's a worldwide surge in interest in mushrooms. It was deep, man. It's not that TM makes your mind quiet down there. It already is. We're just stuck up here. We've lost access. I'm jumping Jack Flash. Came out by the stones. So I thought, all right, perfect, man. I'm gonna drive, and I started driving through the neighborhood, and I got, I got a text from Mick Jagger. <laughs> People saying that you know what we do is non-essential. Well, playing those few gigs that yeah. you saw me at felt pretty essential to me. It wasn't like they were clapping from here. Is they were clapping from here. My view of things is that death, death is the last and best reward for a life well lived. Like you gotta, it's the strangest of places if you look at it right, you know? If you're liking what you're hearing, head on over to patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod and get your bus pass for an extra episode every week. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Comes a Time. That's Oteal. And that's Mike. And we have my good friend. Little John Roberts, drummer extraordinaire. I met him. He was close to a teenager. I think he might have been 20, 21, but 
I mean, he's a really special human, first of all, which you will see on the podcast. But just to give you a short list for those of you that might not know, let's just say Stevie Wonder, Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson, Prince, uh, George Benson, like George Duke. We could just go on and on and on. Like it just goes on and on the number of people that he's worked with. And they love him for a good reason. Every last one of them. Um, And uh, that was a good one. Yeah. It totally was. And that was a, uh, he's another guy that like, man, I, I, I'm so stoked that I get to do this with you. Cause I get to like meet the person behind the music and the person behind the kit or behind the, you know, the performance. And it's just so nice to see how loving and down to earth and like peaceful and centered and, and all these people are that we get to chat with comics and yeah. musicians alike. And he just is like, that's a guy I want to hang with. That's a dude I want yeah. to like sit down and bullshit with. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I yes. came out of this feeling. And that's a good feeling. When you have that in a Zoom conversation over com- a computer, yeah. two-dimensional, when you get to meet that person, it's like, oh man, like I could feel you, you know? Like, that's a great it's feeling. Good stuff. That's, yeah. That's you know what, what I mean by about. that? Like, Yeah, the magic and the, the spiritual part. Like, how is he after all this stuff? You know, he's playing with Wynton Marsalis as a teenager, right? Yeah. <laughs> as a I mean, what teenager the hell? And yeah. going through, but he's still a really nice person. He's still alive for you. Yeah. Know, his <laughs> journey didn't one. kill him. He's in great physical shape, but he's in great spiritual shape. Like he's he's mentoring other people. He's teaching at Berkeley now. Yeah. Uh, in Boston. And just, man, what a great cat to. Hey, those are lucky students, man. I think one Stupor. of my one of my favorite parts of this is, and I don't want to, you know, no teaser, no, uh, you know, spoilers, spoilers. Um, when he talks about how he teaches and how he approaches the students and stuff, that's big, that's huge. Because I'll tell you, a teacher can really ruin, like a religion can ruin your thoughts on God. A teacher can ruin your thoughts yeah. on on learning and. Uh, I don't think he's doing that. I think he's doing the right thing. So no. this was great. And apparently we're all going to, you know, we're, you, me, him, Chappelle, we're all going to hang. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's just great. The convergence of, man, I'll tell you, I learned a ton about music from Dave Chappelle. I really, really did. Yeah, like Interesting. Cool. Like from his show, like he would have all these great musicians and, and artists on. And I yeah. learned a lot from, from him. So it's so neat when that, you know, that world, lucky. that bubble just keeps growing, you know, like <laughs> little John. So lucky he gets to be the house band for all that. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, you That's pretty bastard. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't happen to a better guy. No, he's awesome. And you, you know? guys are going to love him. And and thank you so much for spending time with us on the, on the, on the podcast, little John and uh, folks, listen, head on over to YouTube and subscribe to the comes a time podcast channel. Uh, head over right now. Click on YouTube, subscribe. We're going to be doing a lot of like uh, live drops from over there. We're going to be doing some pod, like some just us hanging and you can join in and you could be a part of the hang and uh, go over there and, and, and just sign up for alerts. Cause uh, we're going to, we'll be alerting you soon. So, uh, and head on over to Oteil's YouTube page, my YouTube page. I'm dropping stand up. Oteil's Patreon. dropping ozone patreon.com forward slash comes a time pod um 
you know, at our socials and all of that, like just uh, come find us. we got a lot of great plans for you guys and uh, just be ready. So thank you. And uh, we will catch you guys on the flip. Be safe. What was on your shirt, Oteil? <laughs> Peace. Eric says we're good. All right. And we do intros later. So we just hop into it. And and dude, honestly, I'll just tell you, like, we don't really talk about music that much. <laughs> Even when we have musicians on, we end up talking about life and spirituality, mental health. Web. So, you know, I'm oh, not yeah. going to be pounding you like, so what's Stevie like? So what's Janet Jackson like? <laughs> so what's George Benson like? So what's George Duke like? You know, so much as I would like to do that, just like you and me. Now but, I can't uh, promise that I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> hey, I'm open for whatever, man. Well, I think he, I think little John played with some of your rap heroes, Mike. Yeah. I think, don't you know the Daylight guys? You know everybody, John. I don't know. I don't know the rap and hip hop thing as well as Mike does. Yeah. But yeah. I know little John, you know everybody. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, well, surprisingly, I did play once with De La Soul, but it was with Dave Chappelle. Like he he brings all these people to his um, uh, barn. So he turned a barn into a club in Ohio. It's crazy. It's nice. yeah. So D Nice is the DJ or DJ Trauma. And, you know, the way that it's set up, it, it holds like maybe up to maybe 300 people in the barn. Right. 
So yeah. one side of the uh, barn is the DJs on the one side of the stage. The uh. other side of the stage is where the band is set up. And Dave invites all of his friends just come there and perform whatever songs they want to perform. And the band, we pretty much, you know, we have we know ahead of time, sort of who's who might show up. So we might play some rehearse some of their songs and then be ready for them to show up. So Dayla was one of them that that came and performed uh, before the pandemic. Oh, man. And you know what today (laughs) is? Do you know what today is? Today is the day. Daylight day. We're recording yes, this on Daylight yeah. day. It's the first day that their music is being streamed yeah. on all yeah. platforms. And how unbelievably yeah. sad that Dave died a couple weeks before that happened. Ooh, One of the founding yeah. members, shout out to Daylight and yeah. True Goy, man. I love them so much. And I, I, I played it all morning. I took a couple walks with my dog yeah. and I, man, I love Daylight. And it's so sad the way that that, that happened. I mean, he wait, they waited so long for their music to be released to, yeah. be, to be streamed. And he died a couple of weeks before it happened. Yeah. God. They had an amazing show last night. I was watching it on, on somebody's live and at Webster hall. Yeah. Oh man. Everybody showed up. It was so much love on the stage and some of the most iconic hip hop artists performing, you know, together. It was, it was awesome. Do you feel that there are just certain artists that, can obviously transcend genre, but transcend even music as far as like what yeah. they like De La Soul in a world of hip hop in that era that they came out were so unique. They were called hippies, but they were known to beef if they had to, but right. they to now look where we are, how many years later and the whole, I, I it's today's like, I feel more excited about this than Easter or whatever, you know, like <laughs> everyone's getting behind Daylon, like they, meant so much to everybody when you play with certain folks you could just tell that they got that both of you like they're just on another plane like oh yeah and i mean and we we were talking earlier before we started this spiritually and everything just on another level you could tell just hanging out with them and even their music what it represents you know these cats they're 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 not playing around like they're they really live what what they're talking about yeah 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 as you have man you're such a Dude, <laughs> where do we start with you, man? Jeez. How about, how about we start with the first time I heard you play? Okay, where was that? I don't remember. <laughs> I remember <laughs> the first time I heard you because my ex-wife, I was looking for another drummer for my solo band. Yeah. Because I wanted to do something different. I didn't want to use like Jimmy and Sype and then do my solo material. You know, we had ARU and I wanted to do something kind of complimentary to that. And I remember my ex-wife going, she had seen you somewhere. I think at Ona's, maybe in Birmingham, Alabama. Okay. For fans don't know, I lived there for 18 years. And I got home from the road with ARU. She goes, I think I found your drummer. And I was like, all right, what's his name? She goes, his name is Lil John. He's really young. She's like, dude. And when people have that look where just the talking stops, that's when I'm like, all right. And then I went to see you, I think, at Ona's wow. in Birmingham. And I was okay. like, you were right. I don't remember where I saw you at first, but I just know that when I heard you play, I was like, all right, this guy. And I, I've, I know a lot of bass players. I play with most of them. And 
even growing up, my uncle played bass. My dad is an ex-bass player as well. He didn't play like you guys, but, you know, he played in gospel choir. He played in the church and everything. But, man, I mean, hearing the way that you play bass, I was like, how is that possible? <laughs> He's playing chords on the bass. Like, we don't even need a keyboard player. Like, what the hell? And he's singing. He's singing the chords, too. This guy's crazy. Man, <laughs> I don't remember what? where I saw you play first. And then and I know was, I know it was with ARU somewhere, but I, I don't know how that be. happened because you know the Birmingham connection, like you said, where your lady came and saw me play at the time. You know I was with Eric Essex, so that connection yeah. with Eric and Shawn Michael Ray and those guys, something happened where I got a chance to see you play with. I guess it was ARU. I didn't. I, I don't think it was by yourself. And then. Did you see, uh... Atlanta. Then when we were in Atlanta, like you had the the band with uh, what was it, Eric Vaughn or Kina Boto or somebody like that, yeah. and you and Kofi, and Boto. I think maybe Kebby was playing a little bit too. Yep. I can't remember, but yeah, Cat, Catfish Station. You guys were playing at this place called Catfish Station in Atlanta. Um, wow. I even I sat in with you guys that day too because I remember this tape. Oh, I remember. I had the tape of Subterranean. That's yeah. one of the name songs. Subterranean. I had a demo tape of y'all playing. And I'm like, right. I think you gave that wow. to me to learn, to learn the songs. Like, it's all coming yeah. back to me. You know, it's in, <laughs> it's in like jumbled pieces of how all of this happened. It's way back there, man. It's way on back there. Because you, you came on board. I think Sight broke his foot or something. Something happened. I think maybe his dad... <laughs> Might have gotten sick too, or something happened oh, with his maybe dad. That, maybe, yeah, something happened where you had to sub for site, and yeah. he came out with the ARU. This is way back, like early no 90s. rehearsal. No so rehearsal. So our rehearsal was this. This was so cool. <laughs> <clears throat> we were in the van, and I think I had sent you the stuff, but we yeah. weren't going to get a chance. So I knew Little John was going to do his homework, but on the way up, we did the. It kind of our version of the way bluegrass rehearsals are, except they could just pull their instruments out in the van and have blistering sure, sessions yeah, on the way yeah. to the gig, right? But we're just we have singing a picture. It. There's a picture of us on the bus. <laughs> I have he's a picture like, oh, of us. You know, so I'm singing the bass part, and he's like mouthing the drums and playing air drums, <laughs> and Jimmy's doing it, and we're doing it all with our mouths. And Bruce is up. You recall the day when everybody stopped to see, just sitting in there with his leg shaking like this. And man, we got to the gig, and that turned out to be a flawless rehearsal because this dude shit. right here slaughtered that every all the hits, you know, all the stuff that had arranged itself become elaborate arrangements over years. He tagged every last one of them, man, and we were even doing it a little bit. In the dressing room after we ate, just to like show up on a couple of things, and uh, dude, he. <laughs> he I don't know how I don't know how I did that. First of all, shouts dude. out to Jeff Sight. Like Jeff Sight yeah, is an man. amazing drummer. Like when yeah. I heard the tape of them playing, I was like, "You want me to play this shit?" <laughs> like tonight, you want me tonight. to play like this tonight? Like I haven't even sat down at the drums or nothing. You just want me to sit down. And play like Jeff Sight. Okay, wow, yeah, that's all right. amazing. All right, cool. How old were yeah. you at that point? How, how, I, I was like twenty four or five or something. Yeah, like, early twenties. Really young. 
This was before really Janet. Weird. This is before I went on tour with Janet, right? Like, geez. You, like I, early... you oh, that's right. That's that's before Janet, isn't it? So that was about 94. But you Damn. had already played with so many people at that point, right? You had already played with George at that point. And no, no, that came No Benson, after. no George Duke yet. All of that came after you guys. <laughs> See, I, I feel like you played with so many cats because, you know, we just had Christian McBride on not long ago. And so all the guys from Philly, I just tell people, like, I don't know what's going on in Philly, <laughs> but it's going, it's still going on. So I always think like you played with everybody because when you were a teenager, you were already playing with Joey DeFrancesco, Christian, like, um, had well, so Stevie I, Wonder hadn't happened at that point either. Oh, no, no, no. That, that was, was way, way later. later. Yeah. I, I okay. told with Stevie in 2014 or 15. Oh, that's right. Cause I remember we were talking when you were about to get that. That's right. Mm-hmm. I just get confused. Cause you play with George Benson. You play with George Duke. You play with, you know, Everybody. I think a lot of a lot. I think a lot of it uh, came from playing at church and having to learn songs at the last minute. I think that helped a lot, you know. And then I was always trying to play fusion and stuff too, outside of gospel music. Yeah. And I, you know, I was with Went Marcellus. All of us, you know, at an early age of teenagers. Um, so oh, I wow. was already exposed to playing, you know, fusion kind of straight ahead stuff. So you know, like I could say, my chops were kind of ready to be able to take that on, you know. Um, yeah. Not just be a, a gospel drummer yeah. trying to play jazz, you know. Um, so and I've always been put in these positions like that snarky puppy. They called me one night. I was going down to see them play and and I was going to see the gig. I was going to hang out with them Sput and everybody. And they're like, yo, Sput missed his flight. He's going to miss the show. Can you do the gig? I was like, what? What? <laughs> ground, what was what, ground up it just came out that one of their you know first like monumental oh, records that just came out and so, luckily i listened to some of the records so i was like okay i kind of know some of these songs but kinda not really kind of know like it's like odd meters and shit everywhere so everywhere. mike's yeah. like man we we need your help man wait we we don't have a drummer tonight and it's a packed house everybody in atlanta's there i'm like hell no what the fuck Dude, it's like a minefield. Those gigs are like a minefield. So when you have to sit example, in quick, yeah, yeah. So same thing with O'Teal that I had to go through. I we got in my car outside of the venue. Mike is playing the songs to me. He's counting out the the rhythms. This is how this goes right here. This is how this figure goes. I'm like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, what? One, two, three, four, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two. I'm like, oh my god, man, how am I gonna do this? Like, wow. Oh my sold god! Out how, sold out show. I mean, everybody's there to see Sput play, like myself. Yeah, thanks, my yeah, boy, me. exactly, you know, just like yeah, the rest of us. <laughs> me and Sput, me and Sput have been friends since we were young teenagers. I met him when he was young, young and really, yeah, church, really? all the gospel oh, conventions. Because I thought I thought he was in Dallas, but the church is. Yeah, we, we, we met at a at a convention in Philadelphia and all the Dallas cats came down and all the Philly guys, we all played together like in this big concert. So that's how we first met. Um, so wow. we have been friends since then. Um, so and then I've always been a fan of his playing. Like later on, I'm like, yeah. Tony and God's property, all the stuff that he's done, the gospel stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to hang and see wow. Sput play. This is going to be a treat seeing him with Snarky Puppy for the first time, you know, and <laughs> I got to do the gig. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the thing is that 
The harsh cold truth is the reason they ask is they know you could do it. Even though there's a gun up your butt, you know, loaded <laughs> with the trigger, uh, uh, yeah. hair trigger, you know, it's like, it is what it, I get. People, it's, fortunately, I can't read music anymore. <laughs> so that gets me off the hook. I'm like, hey, man, you got to go out. call one of them guys that can sight read this, bro. I'm out. <laughs> man. Holy but, God, I mean, man. I honestly have to say it's God, man, because it's not me at all, because yeah. I could not pull that off without some higher power, you know, helping me do this, man. Like in my mind, in my mind, you know, what I'm saying I'm going to do this. I have to do this. Like I can't. Yes, we're doing lose. it. Yeah, we're yes. doing it. It's going to happen. <laughs> well, I want to talk about that because, you know, you're teaching at Berkeley. Is that where you are right now at Berkeley? So I'm home right, I'm home right now, home. but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at Berkeley Monday through Wednesday every week. So I know you're not up there teaching a math. I've been taught, I've been saying it a lot in a lot of interviews. I'm like, look, man, I'm doing magic because I'm not up here doing math. So it makes me, you know, if it was just numbers, it wouldn't have this emotional effect on people. So I know you're teaching people. What's the magic part you're teaching, the spiritual part, the part that can't be written down or or even mimicked right well i don't know if you no. follow my instagram and stuff i'm always posting stuff about especially some of the drummers and even some of my ensembles which i really love doing at berkeley i i don't just teach drummers that would blow me if i had to just you know yeah. teach drummers all day i cannot do that like i love drummers but not that much <laughs> <laughs> I, I love bands i love the singers i love yeah. you know help yes. all the you know, make them sound like a band or whatever horns yeah. and the whole nine. So, um, yeah, I, I, I document some of my journey with some of these drummers. Like the other day I had a drummer playing like this house song that everybody's familiar with. And I, he's never heard this song before. And he was like, what is this? This is amazing. And I said, all right, let's break it down. I'm going to show you how to play this groove and I want you to play it. But it's not just about playing it. I want you to feel it. Yeah. And I'm like, if you ever get to see how these people dance when this song comes on, yes. you will understand yes. what all of these rhythms mean and, and how spiritual is, you know, house music is very spiritual. It's like church. When yeah. you go to a house club or something, you see these people dancing to this, <laughs> like, and it's all this percussion going on. All of this stuff means something. It's not just some rhythms playing just randomly. Yes. Like sure. all of these rhythms are coming from, Cuba and Africa and all these places, yes. you know, mixed with electronic, you know, uh, sounds and stuff. So, you know, uh, the experience is what I'm trying to teach these drummers instead of all the chops. And, you know, they all want to play chops and stuff. Can you show me this chop? I'm like, well, get a chop, man. That's not going to get you the gig, bro. I'm like, yeah. your feel, your feel is what's going to get, get you the gig and keep you working. All the chops, that's that's secondary. That's good to have in your pocket when you need it. But when you go playing with Stevie Wonder and Prince and Michael Jackson and people like that, they want to hear bat, 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 to make some. Bat, yeah, like that's what got me that. about you. I've, I I assume when somebody says, I think this you would love this guy in your band, that he has a lot of chops. So now I need to find out where's your group. And it's like, if my shoulder starts moving or, you know, if you get that, <laughs> any kind of anything, it just registers on the magic meter, you know, that's, the thing. and you have to see it. Like, yeah, I felt that playing with African drummers from Ghana from the age of seven. 
Mm. When you see them play and then you see the dancers and you see how it all goes together. Colonel Bruce was the same way with me. I don't know if I really would have understood Sun Ra and a lot of the older blues guys um, and, and the old bluegrass guys, unless I had seen it. And mm. then when I saw it, I was like, oh, if you're if you want someone to learn a groove, like you say, we got to go to the club and put you in the room <laughs> with that groove. And now you know what it feels like. Mm-hmm. It's not I'm in here analyzing and mimicking and just in the practice room. You know, it doesn't happen that way. Exactly. And a lot of people miss that. Like, that's one thing that a lot of cats miss. They might have all the talent and creativity in the world, but they miss that connection between the rhythms and the people that you're playing the rhythms for. Like yeah. they have, to, you have to be able to convey that thing to somebody else and make them feel what you're playing. You know, O'Teal's a bad drummer. O'Teal is an amazing <laughs> drummer, by the way. So he knows what's up. He'll sit down and play the shit for you. Like, nah, man, it goes like this. Oh, that's <laughs> cool, man. Yeah. You know? Well, I'll tell you, you know, it, it was last year, O'Teal. Um, I can't believe it's already almost been a year. Um, or maybe a little, close to a year. You and Weedy. We went to uh, Weedy Brima right. played Blue Note Dude. and O'Teal flew up and sat in and I've got to, you know, he invited me to go and a, wow, just the whole, I mean, that whole band. Oh dude. my God, dude. And the drummer, the, the bassist, Chuck Endoy, who's Baba Miles' musical director, he keeps calling me, man, you got to come to Senegal, to this island, Gory Island, where all the old Ngoni, this is like the original bass. He's like, all the old dudes live there. I need at least five days. And he wants to put me there. He's like, if I could put you there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. I'm just like, I got to get somebody to keep these kids for five days. (laughs) I need three nannies to help Jess because I got to go. Yeah, that's like that's like going to Wakanda. (laughs) Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You know, I just called Weedy and I said, look, man, because I was trying to get Bill Summers to teach me. And I, I, he's been so busy, I can't get him to respond to me. So I just called Weedy and I was like, look, I got to, I need the lessons. Tell me where to get the djembe. I want the good one. I don't want that crappy djembe, <laughs> that commercial djembe. I want that real djembe. And right. that teach, you know, help me, man. He said, I got you on Zoom. So he's getting me the djembe now. And oh, I'm going to start God, doing awesome. these lessons because I want to learn what the rhythms mean. Yeah, man. Oh, this rhythm is for the river. This one is for some Orisha, or the folkloric back, whatever. Like, I yeah. know the rhythms. I don't, I've been cut off from what their original meaning is. Man, you know? that's going to change everything for you. Dude, I know. It's like caterpillar butterfly shit. Yeah. Absolutely. And he, no one in that room at Blue Note that night left the same. Like, like it was, we, he took us on a journey Dude, like he, and he even like, I mean, he, he was so captivating and so amazing. And you know, blue notes that kind of sit down tight, New York, West village room. Yeah. And he had us all up. And I mean, it was, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was popping. Yeah. Man, and he's we, got what he's got generations and generations of chops, but that heart, I mean, nobody groove. can teach that. Yeah, man. Hey, man. That, was yeah. It. that, that we, show will go. I've seen some phenomenal shows. That's going to always be easily one of the top three experiences ever because Weedy could, Weedy could play a cardboard box and this shit sound amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like Weedy, he, Weedy is a special character, man. That really dude, is. Any drummer that has come past, come, you know, through his path, 
has been changed. I know I have, like I'm, we've played together in, in Atlanta a few times and man, like he showed yeah. me some stuff without even saying anything. Just the way he, <laughs> I was like, Oh, Oh, <laughs> you know, cause in my mind, I'm like a percussionist slash drummer. Like yeah. I think, I feel like I'm a percussionist first, then a drummer. Like I play, I, when I play drums, I'm thinking like a percussionist, just so you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know I, I've listened, I've listened to Sheila E and everybody, yeah, yeah. Baba Alatunji, like yeah. just so many percussionists, uh, uh, um, Alex Acuna, who I got a chance mm. to hang out with a lot in LA at his house. And, mm. you know, like we got to circle the, back around and talk about that right there, dude. Some of the best percussionists I've had a privilege to, to hang out with and learn stuff from. And I take that information and put it onto the drums. Like the snare to me is like a timbali. That's how oh, I hear the snare. Yeah. And that's what that's what yeah. made me tune my snare the way it is, too, because a lot of people yeah. are like, yo, how does your snare sound like that? I'm like, the first thing that I heard was a timbali when I was younger because my yeah. uncles played drums. So I would always play percussion next to them. And that's how I started learning how to play so the kit because. I was playing timbales and cowbells yeah. and, you know, congas and stuff. And once I got on the drum set, it was just like, Gah! it was like, I was playing all the stuff I played on the, on the timbale on the snare now. Wow. <laughs> so you really yeah. got that reggae that. <laughs> yeah. I started hearing that frequency. <laughs> then I started hearing Clyde and Jabba with James Brown. I was like, yes. whoa. What are mm-hmm. these things happening in between the two and four? Yeah. I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> I mean, go sit down and figure this out. Like this, this buzzing thing that's happening, this slick, you know, funky drummer thing that was going on. Man, yeah. that changed wow. my life, man. It's my favorite drummers, up. my favorite drummers are think like uh melodically like keyboard players and maybe that's where this percussion thing is because it's percussion it's all these melodies you know mm-hmm. i teach my students rhythmic melodies before i'm like i could sing you a rhythmic melody and you know what the harmonic one is mm-hmm. so which one's more fundamental right mm-hmm. you know and yeah. um if you're if you're thinking about percussion that makes a lot of sense it's just all these patterns and cross patterns and counterpoint and man you ever see dennis you ever see Dennis with P-Funk from back in the day? I, I haven't. I didn't see it live, but I've watched video. Yeah. Oh, dude. so the story was that the percussionist that was with P-Funk at the time either quit or something, got fired. So the percussion uh, gear was still, you know, traveling with the group. Dennis took all the percussion and moved it on the side of his drum set <laughs> and basically played timbales and cowbells played and splashes. All of it. <laughs> He was playing, if you listen to One Nation Under Groove. He's playing all the time. Like he was doing all the percussion parts while he was playing the beat. I was like, what is this? Freak. Freak. See, now, now, Otil, that's when I say I believe in extraterrestrials because but that's what i'm saying but it's all the same with the bibles with all fairy tales star wars harry potter aliens whatever this mystical thing this magic thing that's what i keep getting that it could be music it could be swimming it could be whatever but when you see someone do the impossible it's what sun ra talked about all the time he said, I deal in the impossible. So if you want to mess around with me, I'll show you some <laughs> shit that you know is impossible. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when you see that, when you see Derek trucks at 11, you go, that's impossible. You see, yeah. like, I remember this band. I'll, I'll just call them out. Cause I don't care anymore, but you know, there it's all good. But Kofi played with this R and B group called after seven, a long, long time ago. And they got rid of them to get somebody cheaper. I think, well, they, they didn't realize Kofi had gone and checked their albums out. And he was really big into synthesizers and you can split the keyboard on a synthesizer. So with two cents, you can have four cents. Well, Kofi was doing the whole <laughs> arrangement that they had probably one guy do over or multiple guys do like eight the different things. And he had it all. So when they replaced them, they were like, where's all the other parts? <laughs> it was like, they left with Kofi. Dude. That is <laughs> amazing. Know? Oh, that's right. so funny. So then they he was hired another guy and two of them couldn't do it as good as Kofi. <laughs> and then they asked him to come back. I was like, Wow. Yeah. He was playing three or four people's parts at the same time. Two of them couldn't do it as good as Kofi. Kofi. Now that's just, Uh, there's Jedi. There's some people have more midichlorians, whatever you want to call it. Kofi got them. Dennis got them. You got them. Mike, you got, you know, we all have them. So like, that's the thing to me that's most exciting about life music whatever is finding that and then helping these kids believe that they have it and helping to get it out you know which john that's what you're doing there like god bless you man you know i'm trying man some now let's go on the other side of it some of these kids think they already have it and they don't (laughs) (laughs) you gotta thank tiktok and instagram for that right (laughs) yeah oh my god do you put them on blast do you blast them I, in a way, but not like, you know, you got to be careful with some of the stuff, you know, know, politics and how much money they're spending to go to this prestigious, prestigious school. And you got to be careful. Like, so and they have the most fragile ego anyway, obviously, since they're the, all, yeah, probably know. the loudest parents, too. He's like, this is little John's not saying. <laughs> I said it. You didn't. It's okay. Right. <laughs> I don't know what to no, teach but there. I mean, look, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to play games with you if you're a student of mine. Like, you, I, yes. I will let you know what's happening. If it's happening, if it's not happening, I'm going to let you know. Yeah, because that's yeah. my. That's definitely my job. I'm not supposed to just let you fly by and just get away with whatever. So. Yeah. Well, those students have that, your name on it. Too. Right. Oh, you had Professor. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> You should be killing. Okay. Yeah, they so, carry that. That's right. That's right. That's generational right there. Yeah. yeah. So I I find ways to let them know if it's happening or not, man. I got You're to teaching this. the next teacher, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. That's yeah. how Colonel I mean, Bruce it, did me. He was like, I ain't got nobody answer to. He would just be like, you're giving me man. 20% of what you really have. That's what he used to call me and Sype and Jimmy. Wow. His 20 percenters. And we thought we were hot shit, dude. We, you know, <laughs> and he was just like, and I, oh yeah, he just he blasted us. <laughs> it was man, he was he was a great guy, man. Like I, I got to get close to him really quick when I was with you guys. Like we had just one long run that I did with you guys. We were on a Winnebago. <laughs> we were traveling on a Winnebago. I mean, but we had so much fun, man. I don't, I don't even yeah. think we, I don't even think we made any money. But it didn't matter. No, we did. I can guarantee we didn't do that. <laughs> like, it I'll was answer so that much fun, man. It was so much fun. And musically, 
Oh, I mean, it, it was like being in heaven, man, playing with you guys and with Colonel and Kofi and Jimmy Herring. Oh, yeah. Jimmy yeah. Herring. That was on. Ooh. That was on. Yeah. There's a there's a tape of that Ithaca where David Earl Johnson came out. Yeah. And um, man. And Chuck sat in that night. Derek. I met Derek for the really? first time with you guys. It was in wow. New York. I don't know. If, yeah, it was yeah. in New York because Wayne came, right? Wayne was there. Wow, wow dude. And and, so and 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 Derek sat in with us that night. And I was like, who is this young guy playing like that? Like he was like 14 yeah. or something, probably. 13, Jesus. 14, yeah. 13, yeah. 14. Yeah. Crazy, man. Funny yeah. how fast the time goes, doesn't it? That's well, and now you look at Taz, right? Like look at Taz and how he plays. I can't wait to see what happens with him. I mean, it's just so awesome to see these young guys that, like you said, that just have it. You know that it touch. must be exciting to see that at the school because I'm sure some, as in life, some people just stick out. You know, absolutely. I've seen some, and I was like, "Woof, yeah." <laughs> I'm gonna remember this one right here. You know, and it's just wow. great to it's great to just even have a hand in helping mold what they already have. Like some of them are really, really exceptional. So I'm just like, look, you could probably play worlds around me right now. I'm just going to show you what you need to know when you leave here. If you take yes. these principles, you are always going to work. I told this one drummer recently, I'm like, yo, man, he was playing in my Janet Jackson ensemble at the school, which we just did a show, you know, honoring Janet. And we did nice. all, you know, all did a show of all her, you know, iconic music. So the drummer that I had on it, um, he wanted to, you know, go crazy and stuff like that, show off in front of his friends. I'm like, yo, bro, <laughs> Janet would not let me play none of this stuff. Like, <laughs> So stop, just just play the groove, play the song, you know, fill here in there, you know, when you need to. But the rest of it is pocket, man. Play yeah. the record. And I told him, I said, if you do this, I promise you, you will always work for the rest of your yeah. life, at least for this kind of stuff. You know, yep. you could do all the other flashy stuff with a fusion group or something or a band of your own. But if you play yeah, with yeah. somebody like this, this is your role. This is what you And need. they may even give you a spot where you could do it because Janet used to give you a spot. I oh, guess because yeah, he liked loose. to dance. And dude, little John was going off, bro. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. it was like Carter Beaufort and uh Dave Matthews, Matthews. band, you yeah. know, where they let yeah. you go. Um, I think Janet is a closet drummer, bro. Like even I sometimes so in the too. show, sometimes in so. the show, we will be in a section in the show, and I might be up there riding and you know. And I see her on a stage going like this <laughs> while she's dancing. It's a, oh, like, that's it's so a, cool. Her inner oh. Sheila E, you know. Yeah, she wants to get up there and like Shaka Khan too, man. It was oh, no man. surprise to me Ooh. at all to see Shaka Khan kill it on the drums because her sense of rhythm, it's like Kofi's sense of rhythm on flute is better than a, a lot of drums. Right. You know, but you can hear the way Shaka Khan sings that she's a drum. She's thinking rhythmically, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. That's yeah, so the, great about Janet. <laughs> it's so, it's so refreshing to hear you talk about how you approach educating talented people because, you know, it's really important when you're entering into, I mean, God, if every teacher from K through 12 public, private, whatever, would take that kind of selfless approach. That would be phenomenal. But when you're approaching the arts and you're looking up to all these folks and you don't know how to navigate a career or navigate your part on the team, to have yeah. someone say, hey, man, cool, great. You can 
do that. Wonderful. But if you want to work, this is how you do it. That's dude. That's priceless, man. That is priceless. Like, and look, that's where, do like, you want to be an Instagram sensation, or do you want to make some money? Exactly, man. Yeah, you have totally. a career. A career yeah. is long term. We're looking yeah. all the way down the road, like seventy years. But how many people well, don't have that? Right? How many people don't have you to say, not like, buddy, cool, enjoy your solo in your dorm room with your headphones on, listening to Bonzo or whatever. But like right now. You're, you're, you're a part of a, you're a finger on the hand. Like, yeah, that's so great yeah. that you do Look, that. I'm man. glad, I'm glad I was raised around the right cats, man. Cause you know, like I've been around some of the best cats in the world, man. I mean, Dennis Chambers, Omar Hakeem, who I idolized. I yeah. patterned my style after Omar Hakeem. Shouts out to him. I love him. He's my big bro. And we do that finally met- subterranean. Yeah. That's I got that from Omar Hakeem. Ah, okay, yeah. makes sense. Yeah, when did and, you meet him? When you I met, met him in Atlanta, really young. Ah. I met him in Atlanta at the PASIC convention. Ah. Well, actually, no. The first thing that happened was my boy Ronnie Garrett, bass player. Yes, um, brought Omar to see my band, The Chronicle, play. The, um, the, the week we were playing at the Funk Jazz Cafe, like the early early stages of this mm-hmm. event that we used to do every year, the Funk Jazz Cafe. He brought. Omar down and the Escovitos showed up too. I don't know how they found out, but they found out Sheila where we were playing. So Sheila wasn't there, but dad, Pops Pete, and Juan Pete and Peter, yeah. Yeah, yeah, all of them came down to see us play. And I didn't know they were there. We just went through the gig and Thank played. God. And Omar, Ronnie told me later on, he's like, yeah, man, I had Omar here. I was like, what? <laughs> so the next day I go to PASIC. And I go to their sound check. I see everybody. I meet them. They're like, oh, man, your gig was amazing. That's how you band. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, wow, thanks. I go see the concert that night. Peter Esco, Pop Escovito gets on the mic and yeah. he says, I went to see this young guy play last night with his band. Da, 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 and he blew me away. And I want him to come up there and sit in with the band. <laughs> what? <laughs> he blasted I was sitting you. in the audience like, they want me to come up there and play with them? <laughs> So I went up and played, man. We played one of the Latin songs with his band and all. I get off the drums and he's like, okay, I got another uh, drummer friend of mine that I want to come up and play with us as well. Oh, my Hakeem's in the building. I'm like, shit. So I'm going off the drums. He's coming up on the drums and I'm like, oh, Oh, I love you. (laughs) I I mean, it was like seeing God. Like this was the person that you had been like pattern your life yeah. after man like yeah, especially drum wise yeah. you know yeah. and i'm like bro you don't know what you've done for me in my life and we'll talk later you know so we talked later man <laughs> we kicked it off years later after that uh that was no one year later that was 94 95 omar invites me over to his house i'm in new york i go hang out at his house we man. have dinner, you know, his ladies there. We we all kicking it. I'm staying. He's like, man, you know, I'm kind of tired, whatever. Like, he's like, oh, just hang out, you know, take a nap if you want. I go up to one of the rooms, I take a nap. He's on the phone talking to somebody, right? I get up, I come back downstairs. He's off the phone. He says, yeah, man, I just got off the phone with uh, Janet's management, Rex Alice, and, you know, a bunch of them called me. I'm like, you doing the gig? Cool, that's going to be great. He was like, he said, no, 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 no. They they called me asking about you. <laughs> they oh. wanted to see what I had to say about you, you know, possibly playing the gig. 
You go, I got to go take another nap. <laughs> yeah, what are the chances that I was at Omar's house when they called him? Amazing. Like, this wow. was all destiny, man. I was like, no what? coincidence. And he said, no man, I told him, I, I told him that they should definitely get you on the gig, man. So I hope you, you almost, get it. You almost went home and went to sleep, but you went yeah. up, took a nap. You needed the rest to prepare yourself for that news. It it's like a revelation. Yeah. It's uh, to me, not anymore, man. The, I don't believe in coincidence. I'm wearing a hat. I'm going to go get it in a second. My manage, my manager's company, he has this hat and sweatshirts that says no coincidence. Mm. I don't believe in it anymore, man. I don't know how this stuff is planned out, but it happens down to the second, the millisecond. I mean, That's every serious. instance in some in your life, man, the people that you come across. The reason why yeah. you meet certain people, you don't know what it is at that moment, but later when on you, you find out, back, like, wow, yeah. Even the yeah, even the things you witness versus the things you don't, you know, yeah. it's like I, I think a lot of times about the stuff you don't see, or the stuff that you don't hear it about. Went, it went and, over your head, and maybe for a time. reason at the time you weren't ready to for see it. it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I had a good one recently, man. I was watching that documentary on Colonel Bruce, uh-huh. and there was a poster. It was Grateful Dead, Allman Brothers Band, and Hampton Grease Band at the Atlanta Sportatorium in like 1969. And I just saw my whole, I was like, that's your oh, life. You're good. You are good. (laughs) Oh, wow, dude. Yeah, dude. What? It's crazy. It just all was sewn up in one thing. And I was like, all right. So this is damn. That's why we got to be careful what we think, man. Like good and bad things. Like we've really got to be careful of what we think because those things definitely yes. manifest. Like I was thinking about playing with Janet before I got the gig. I Damn. thought about playing with Stevie Wonder. Like one day I'd love to play with Stevie. One day I'd love to, you know, work with Michael Jackson. That would be so crazy to like record something with him. You know, man, Prince, I would love to like play with him one day. All of these things I said before it happened, man. It was and like then boom. Hey, God Boom. said, I made you like us. <laughs> creative. Exactly. Yeah. God spoke all this, you know, into creation. If you speak it bad or good, <laughs> you it said happen. it. <laughs> right. You said it. I saw a post recently. Somebody said, uh, God, take the people that out of my life that aren't for me or whatever like that. Something about taking people out of my life. And he said, yeah. be careful of the prayer that you pray, you know, about yes. taking people out because it might just happen or it will happen. Yes. <laughs> and it might not be the people that you want to be taken out. You know, you just yeah. making a random prayer about taking people away that, that aren't good for me or whatever like that. And all of a sudden, all these people start vanishing. And you're like, I didn't mean that person. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I find is I don't have to pray for the people to go away because as I success, and it's not me doing it, but as I'm able to raise my vibration, it repels a lot of the people that it's like when you reverse the magnets and you can't get them to come together. It's a force field. It's a frequency, right? That we're, that's what we always try to get back to on the podcast. Like what is this frequency that we could tune ourselves to? We certainly see how it has the effects in music, but what about in just our lives? It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And and it's so funny, the things that you, the intangibles, you know, stand-up comedy is stand-up comedy. If you're comfortable doing it, great. But like you said, like you could have the chops, but you have the heart, right? I'd watch my heroes. I'd watch Dave Attell 
walk into the club with bags of candy for the staff. Just that little thing that he thought of that sets the pace of the energy that the staff has as they greet the audience, as they sit down to get ready to hear his show and probably not meaning it. He just set the tone for a really incredible experience for everyone. And and it's just watching that and watching him and just a tiny little thing like that is so it spreads like ripples. Exactly. He put a good vibration out and it rippled out. And yep. now that's in the whole room. That's Not a, just bags of candy, dude. He didn't have to, as simple uh, as that, but it was a frequency. Tone. Yeah. Yep. He dialed yep. it. He dialed that frequency up. Yep. He went up to the thermostat and said, bah, there's my temperature. Let's put yeah. a little more love in it. There we go. Yeah, man. That's exactly <laughs> it. And it's just little the, things, little things. The Dan. power, the power of prayer, the power of prayer <laughs> can change. It could change the whole mood of a room, you know, like before we go on playing and things like that, just a little prayer. It doesn't have to be nothing deep. Just God bless my performance, you know, pray for everybody that's involved here. That just set the tone for everybody. Like even if they didn't want to be a part of it, you just made, you just elevated what's going to happen for them that night. You know, who did that every night is earth, wind and fire, man. You know, you knew Ricky Keller, right? Yes. Okay, so Ricky Keller was Colonel Bruce's bass player for fans that don't know. When I met Bruce, Ricky Keller was his bass player and produced all of his records and played on all of his records. And Ricky Keller was tight with Reverend Oliver Wells, who was tight with Earth, Wind, and Fire. And he brought him to a concert. So he told me this story after I had my incredibly mystical experience and brought me to my knees. It was like a religious experience. He said, I want to have dinner with you, O'Teal. And I was like, okay. So we had dinner. He said, I want to tell you about this time that I went to see earth, wind and fire. Well, he wanted me to tell him the story of what happened. And I did. And after he goes, I want to tell you what happened with earth, wind and fire in the dressing room. I got to hang with him. Of course he was like, wow, you know, but they all stood in a circle and prayed before the gig. And he was in the circle holding hands, you know, and when it got done, he didn't even realize, but he was covered in tears, just drenched. And I said, whoa. He said, man, I don't want you to ever let anyone talk you out of that experience that happened to you. Because he said, I felt the Holy Spirit that day. And it was real as it gets, man. And I don't even know if he was a believer before or anything like that. But that being in that circle with Earth, Wind, and Fire, which is like, duh, it's probably going to do it. But, dude, he was just drenched with tears. He was like, what happened? Mm. And they were like, that was the Holy Spirit, bro. There's yeah. no mistaking it. Yeah. So, and it's, yes, no mistake it that, it's no mistake that that was their name, too. He was literally holding hands with the elements of life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, and I just went to see them. I saw him for the first time. And here, Verdine is like 70-something. And still jumping around. It's just like being totally energetic, right? It was 100 degrees, dude. I was sweating so hard. And he was wearing this elaborate thing. I know he had to be sweating under there. Killing it, playing stuff that I hadn't heard him play. But I was like, oh, yeah, Vern. I'm crying the whole time, dude. <laughs> the whole time. I'm like, this is my childhood. Oh, God. Keep your head to the sky. You know, like, oh, dude, it was, that's magic. That's Man, what magic. made him come up with that baseline and shining star? <sighs> boom, boom. Boom, boom. Dude, he had every, every little, oh, man, it was so good. 
he was so good, man. I'm a bass player in my mind, by the way. I haven't played <laughs> it yet. And I've even told O'Teal a long time ago I want to play bass. Yeah. I got to do it before I leave this earth. Start now. Yeah. Start, dude, I, I picked up banjo at like 48. And I wrote a whole record. Dude, it's never too late. I done talked to a couple 50 or 60-year-olds in the starting piano. I was just like, just play for fun. I do. Like, yeah. it's fun that's accessible to all of us. That's another one of those brainwashing lies. Oh, it's too late for me to. Never no. too late. Never yeah. too late to have a happy childhood, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I saw you on base? Bro, you I feel on it. base. I feel it. Please, please, <laughs> please. <laughs> you, one of my favorite drummers was was a, a badass bass player, man, Joel Smith, who was playing with yeah. the Hawkins. Yeah. And man, his bass player was so just as phenomenal as his drumming. So, uh, you know, a lot of bass players that are drummers like yourself, uh, you know, just it's, it's second nature, man. It helps the bass playing. I, I tell them, oh, please play drums and other instruments, like you said, just not bass. Yeah. But drums for sure. And 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 the way you think melodically, man. Dude, you oh, on bass. I, I hear all of it. If I could just put it to my fingers, it's a wrap. Okay, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you a 99 cent subscription to my teaching app, the Ozone. Okay. Which will show take you from four to five to six. You got my number. You can call me in. It's Look, got at that light. Look at that light shining <laughs> on me right now. Wow. Sometimes Where that came from? That is so crazy. Do you see this? Yes, I do see it. Like I was trying to wipe my, my screen or whatever, like, but this light is, wow, that's crazy. Whoa. Dude, come yeah, on. Yeah, dude. Don't you get out it. of the way. It's supposed to be there. <laughs> no, Kofi, yeah, man. I mean, I, I called you Kofi. Wow. Dude, see, he's here. That's, that's Kofi. That's him. <laughs> what's up man so thank you man i would love that that that'll definitely put some fire under my ass and let me you know make me start playing please oh my god that. what an unbelievable that this whole thing right here is nuts <laughs> man freeze one second i gotta bring you that just one second <laughs> well he's he? gone i want to ask you i gotta ask you about uh you know, Chappelle's obviously one of my heroes doing stand up and all that, but I mean, you know, he's put on such great events and stuff and included the music. <laughs> he's one of those guys is... that can channel. Oh man, Dave, he's a he's a closet musician. In his mind, he's a musician. I mean, and he says all the time, like, musicians wish they were comedians, comedians wish they were musicians. Like, you know, it's a thing. That's there. me and Mike. That's, That's how we became, Mike, yeah. Dude. Literally, dude. Yeah. That's how we but became I buddies. I Chappelle play around midnight on piano. That's his favorite I song. I saw him do know. it. Uh -huh. He knows. But he, he loves the live aspects of music and everything. Like Every time we play with him and hang out, it's so much fun. And he has so much appreciation for any instrumentalist or artist that performs with him or around him. He's just <laughs> such a great guy, man. It he really is. is. Really cool. Being okay, able I'm to... Gonna... Oh, I'm going to okay. violate a cardinal sin right now that I tell musicians to never do. And I'm actually going to do it on the air. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh -oh. But next time that happens, will you call me and give me an <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I, did, I didn't even ask Mayor. And Mayor was going to hang out with I was like, don't do it. Because yeah. you should never ask to sit in. Students, younger musicians, 
it's not proper etiquette to ask to sit in. Don't show up with your ex. But if you really only have six months to live or you're trying to live like that and your friend happens to be little John Roberts, <laughs> sometimes you just got to go, man, because, you know, me and him have the same birthday. We got the D.C. connection. Oh, man. Y'all will vibe. Y'all will vibe we so got, hard. He's I'm the coolest, man. If he, heard you, in the if he heard you play in front of him. That's what I'm trying it's to get route. to happen. There's yeah, sometimes we're gonna make you that guys happen. speak some things that when y'all play the the opening of the uh, what is it the National African American Museum of History. Yes. Yep. I don't get jealous about hardly anything, man. <laughs> like I've been so blessed. Like I have a my cup is running over like a tsunami. Dude, I was straight up green. I was just green as this shirt with envy. I was like, little John has all the fun. Man, we had so much fun. I was Derek, happy for you. Derek you know Hodge was playing dude, with us I'm, that night. I'm gonna get him on soon. I and That's I, I you know I was so happy for you guys. You know, but yeah. I was just like <laughs> No, we're gonna get you up to the barn when they when they start dude, that's doing I'm, that again. Yeah. Frey Yannette, if Frey Yannette sees this, who who handles the music side of everything with Dave. And the Fred, comedy, too. Fred the is comedy, in, too. In <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we can make a whole hang out of it, man. All you got to do is just get there. Uh, Yellow uh, Springs, Ohio. I'll go gas the car up, Othiel. I'll come pick you up. Bro, yeah. It's perfect, it's too, because Ohio's where, like, Bootsy and Ohio <laughs> players are, like, this funk thing. In Ohio, man, it's Ohio's just, got something in the water, like like Philly, you know. But um, yes. Cincinnati. Every time I play Cincinnati, Bootsy will come to the show, man. He oh, bring him really? Play. Oh <sighs> man, he just be sitting on the side. Like the last time I played there was like with with Music Soul Child, who he really loves, and both of them yeah. are really cool with each other. Every time we play in Cincinnati, he's in the corner hanging out, like. Well, like this. <laughs> Dude, like, you know, you're doing something good when you're just grooving and you look over and there's Bootsy. Like, <laughs> Bro, I play with Bootsy. I play with Bootsy on the Monique show. We did uh, Rather Be With You and we did the oh, uh, yeah. boom, 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 boom. What song is that? We like to party. I forgot the name of that song. We played those two songs. That's a rap. Yo, let me tell you that. something. Bootsy is probably the loudest bass player I've ever played with. Yeah, I know this to be true, bro. Oh my god. Well, you know about his bass. He has like ten thousand watts in his bass, right? Oteal, did you know? Did you know that he has like ten thousand watts that. in his bass? Holy in shit! Base. So it's super powerful, and he likes his rig is like two okay, big, yes. big ass like not ampegs. They're like these huge sub looking amps. We so, were playing a club one night in Aspen, a small club. And they had played the night before it. And I don't know if their stuff was broken down. And they were like, dude, I said, man, that's a big PA for that club. They go, that's not the PA. That's, wow. That's what the PA couldn't compete with Bootsy's. He had PA speakers that were bigger than the whole PA for the whole club. So you know the story behind that, right? You know the story behind uh, that from back in the day. Bootsy told me. They made sure that the stage was louder than the house because they wanted whatever the volume was on the stage is what they wanted the whole audience oh to hear. God. 
So, so that's why they all had those Jack. big speakers on stage. They wanted to, to fill the room with the, just their speakers before it even got to the PA system. Damn. Makes it a little bit hard to mix for the sound, man. But the stage is rocking. But the yeah. stage is rocking. But you're going to sack. You're going to go deaf. You're oh, going to go deaf. That's so why they the, can't hear now. The Grateful Dead did that. They had the wall of sound. Remember the wall of sound? But it was yeah. behind the band. <laughs> I was like, oh you should have put God. that in front. They in were deaf by 70, whatever, whenever they did that the first year. Oh, my goodness. So when I played with him, I had to ask for another sub. I had to get a second <laughs> sub because his thumps, his thumps was louder than my kick drum. Oh, my God. Yeah, you must have had to put like bags of concrete in your drum, in your bass. To not I had rattle. to get. I had to use two big subs. Jesus, <laughs> just so wow. I could hear more of my kick drum because his bass was so loud. Like if you oh walk past God. the bass, if you walk past his rig and you had like long hair, or whatever, like a girl or a guy, yeah, with just long hair, <laughs> the hair is just. <clears throat> that's hilarious. Oh, that's so funny. I've been listening it's to similar. Praxis a lot. Animal Behavior with him, Bernie Rowell, Bern, Bernie Worrell, Buckethead. Yeah. It, man, it's just so good, and it, it, he's unbelievable. That's but a guy Bill I'd love Laswell to meet. Bill produce that stuff. Yeah, I think so. Bill so Laswell. good. Yeah. Oh, Till, I'm going to text you a video of us rehearsing. Dude, please, please. We I got to play. I'd rather be Bernie with you. Worrell. I got to play with Bernie Worrell a couple of times before he passed away. Thankfully. Well, you talk yeah, about the X yeah. factor. Oh, talk oh about an extraterrestrial. Yeah, his he's anything magic that he touched. wizard. Yeah. He he's really from amazing. another planet for sure. John, <laughs> did you ever have a chance to check out Dave work out new stuff at the cellar ever? Have, did you ever come to the comedy cellar with Chappelle in New York? I've been in other places where he just sat in, just trying stuff yeah. out. Yeah. Can I tell it's you? Amazing. And I want to, it's just like he is, like you said, he's a musician. A cl- like we would have these you know, new material nights where we would go up and try to rattle off a couple new thoughts or whatever. Every time Dave would hit the stage, it was just like, he changed the entire like atmosphere and tempo of the room where it was just like, now we're operating on his time. Now everybody's operating on his clock and he's going to take his time and pace. And he'd stay up there sometimes three, four hours just thinking out loud. And he'd bring up Buster Rhymes. He'd bring up Y'all don't stop. Y'all no. are yeah. on 24-7. You guys. Blessing yeah. and a curse, dude. Double-edged oh. butter knife, I call it. You know, musicians, yeah. same way. We're always thinking of rhythms and harmonies and all that stuff all day long. It's just a part of our life. But you guys, yeah. I've been around a bunch of comedians. Y'all are always <laughs> trying something out on somebody. It's hilarious. It's like you're, you're We're constantly assassins, dude. performing. <laughs> I had to tell some of my friends, like, hey, man, can you just shut it down now? Like... <laughs> You know what you got to do? You know what you got to do? You got to light them because this is the thing with comedy. I've been doing this in life now. When you're a comic and you're on stage, the way that they let you know to wrap up your set is they light you. They'll go like this. This means two, three minutes, wrap it up. So in life, if a comic's working some shit out on you, just light them, dude. They'll they'll die laughing. That's our secret. Light people. Yes. I'm going to use that. I do it with, like, I'm sitting with other comics and I'll just go like, eh, wrap it up. Let's go. You're running long. <laughs> but some oh, people, man. I mean, can you imagine being married to like Robin Williams or can you imagine being like, I couldn't Robin imagine being married to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, just like always on. She's got to be a special girl, right? Dude, man, I just I get, saw yeah. this. Look at that. Oh, Bootsy, man. Wow. <laughs> Where is that? At the grocery is that in store? Cincinnati? 
This was at the Monique show. This was a TV show that I played with Monique. You know, yeah, the, the, yeah. The comedian, actor, actress. So that was 2010. And that was the time that he came on. Like we had all the guests, all the best guests come on that show. It was a late night TV show. So yeah, we were the house that. band. Mm-hmm. Wow. Dude. I just saw it in my phone. I was like, oh, let me show him this. Because I was trying to find a video that I'm going to send you. But it's incredible yeah, you're going to dig it. It's incredible when you go to those late night studios, like you see Conan and then you see where like Max Weinberg and the band is. And it's like on TV, it looks so huge. But when you yeah. get into the studio, it's tight, man. Yeah, it's it's tiny. Yeah, so you know, I met, uh, I met uh, um, John Stewart. I taught him. I gave him a lesson. Good friends with Dave. Did you? Oh, awesome. Yeah. So he was playing with drums. Dave. I shouldn't be surprised yeah. he plays drums. A lot of yeah. comics play drums, man. Bill Burr plays drums. Bobby Kelly plays drums. That's Jay right. plays drums. Yeah. Bunch so of people. I took, I, I took, he came to see me play one night because they were in town. So we, they, we had, I had a gig that all of them came to after their show. And John's on the side just watching and smiling and everything. I'm like, you want to play? He was like, so I let him sit in with the band. He had nice. a great Thompson. And, and he came to me and he said, man. What are you doing tomorrow? Are you really busy? Do you have any time? Like, could you come to the venue and like give me a lesson if you got time? I'm like, sure. I took Six a little kid down there, took a took a kid down there and just showed him some grooves, man. He played it right away after I showed it to him. I was like, that's awesome. So every the now best. and then we'll text each other and just, hey, hey, man, how you doing? You know, just checking I love on him. you. I, I I hit him when he uh when they that's honored awesome. him at the Kennedy Center. And I yeah. uh, just congratulated him and everything. So John That's is a really awesome. great guy. Yeah. You can tell me. I, I love that guy. I know we can't let, we've been keeping you a while, but we can't let this hour pass without talking about Wayne Shorter passing. That really got me yesterday, man. Yeah. Last night. Yeah. You know, we've lost a lot of people. It's been a steady stream. Um, yeah. And I'm glad that he was old and, you know, had such a rich, rich life. But man, that really that's a big one, I just man. had to sit here and cry for a minute man that one just hit me like you know it's been since a colonel that you yeah. know I mean obviously Kofi and my dad is huge but that was a big one man that was a yeah. really big one he influenced all of us man in so many ways you know he yeah. left a, a huge legacy though that we yeah. can We'd be happy about that he did that, man. I mean, he lives a full, full life. And the at music least, is there. Yeah. yeah. The memories, the music, everything is there to, to to look at at any point in time that you want to. It's funny. I was just teaching one of my students, Endangered Species. Yeah. I was teaching them how to yeah. play Endangered Species. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Patatucci, like, one of your faculty mates was playing most of this last stuff that Wayne did on Earth. Wow. You know? Man, he hit me on my DM and I freaked out. I was like, Patatucci? <laughs> He's texting yeah. me? Oh! <laughs> yeah, I'm when like, I got that. Yeah. I'm like, bro, you don't understand how, like, I was listening to those guys as a teenager at church, yeah. you know, because that was the first, yeah. my first experience of fusion jazz and everything outside of gospel music. That was my first experience of the music. Yeah. Really? Was the well, one well, with a lot, of, a lot of church musicians, I'll let you know, we all were listening to Dave Weckl and, and the electric band, Chick Korea. Interesting. You know? yeah. See, the Chick Korea for me goes back to the 70s, you know, the Stanley, Lenny White, Al Dimiola, yeah. Romantic Warrior, all that stuff. Yeah, but for yeah. us, 
The electric band was what we were, were exposed to next after church. And then I started listening yeah. to Elvin and Miles and all this stuff after that. But the electric band was was an introduction to, you know, fusion yes. and jazz. Yeah. That was wow. the first time that I saw someone besides Anthony Jackson really play a six string. It was John Patitucci back then. I was playing in a top 40 band in Virginia Beach called The Squares. Um, and they came through. They played one of the same clubs we played. And we were just like, oh, man, Patitucci was killer. Yeah, and so when he, like, <laughs> called me later, you know, your phone rings and it says John Patitucci. Like, oh. Isn't he, what that a crazy? sweetheart, man. Oh, what a, yeah. You couldn't meet a nicer guy. And yeah. boy, does he know about the magic and the spiritual part of it, which is why he ended up playing with Wayne and yeah. Brian Blade and Calderazzo, you know. You gotta tap I gotta in, man. Text him. You gotta tap in. Like this should let people know, like it's bigger than your talent. It's, it's yes. so much bigger than what you can do creatively and all like that. Like you gotta be tapped in spiritually in some yeah. form or fashion, man. Like it's you can't get around it. No, you it's, can't. I have a new saying that there is no science without magic because who's doing the science? Who's doing the measuring? The person. The person consciousness, which can't be measured, is the magic part. So you can't have any science without the magic. <laughs> right. You know? Yeah. You and it's a lot of someone. people, a lot of people riding on that dark side, man. And yeah, you know, it works for some people, but it doesn't work for everybody. I'd rather be in the light, bro. Yeah. Yes. Rather, right, right there. It showed that. up. <laughs> yeah. From where yeah, we're you're, sitting, you're, you're in right the light, in but you're right, right in it. <laughs> Damn, that's crazy. I can't well, stop dark magic, at it. <laughs> dark magic works too. The plenty yeah. of people are doing it. You can make yeah. all the money you want, subjugate all the people you want, and do that's creative. You can be creatively inspired to do that too. But that tab, you got to pay that tab. I'd rather have my karma. I'm sorry. You got to reap hey. what you sow. So Satan was was one of the strongest, you know, angels at one point. That's right. Until he, the he, until he felt too. like he was, you know, bigger than God. God and that's why he had to go. Made you free just like them. So you're going to have to be free. <laughs> well, man, thank you so much, dude. I just, you know, I love you, man. I just love, yeah, I love catching too, up man. with you. And uh, <laughs> man, I'm glad we, we could do this. We could talk forever. I, I mean, I we got to do it again. Talk about. Yeah, because I didn't. I really want to go through your whole like your mentors in Philly, you know, family, all that. Then up to there's like all these eras of your career that you know. One, one fun around. fact. One fun fact, Otil, that will take us to the continuation later, is that my family are full of boxers. Interesting. My my, my grandfather was light heavyweight champion of the world. Whoa. Harold, John Harold Johnson, look him up. You see a what, picture of him. He's what year was that? Alive. What what year uh, was that? Fifties, forties, fifties. Damn, dude, yeah, I'm Harold. writing this down. Yeah. Oh, that's he awesome. Fought, he, he fought Sonny Liston. Holy oh, shit! Are you serious? Really? Yeah. And a lot of people felt like that last fight that he fought, he should have won. Everybody felt like he should have won that last fight with Sonny Liston. Well, while we Google your grandfather, tell all the listeners where uh, they can find you <laughs> and everything that you're doing. Everything, Lil John Roberts, L I L J O H M Roberts. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's it right there. Yeah, all of it. Yeah, Instagram, all Twitter, all that stuff. Yep. 
Yeah, because he's he's there's, definitely doing a lot of things all the time. <laughs> there's a lot of podcasts that we end up doing where like afterwards we're like, we gotta get that person live and just have a live chat. Oh this yeah. Has to be, we have to do that. We definitely oh, have to meet awesome. up with you and just chill and do a live a live talk because for sure. to. I gotta I gotta shake your hand. Like this is like weedy. Like this is like the minute we hang up, I'm gonna be like, I gotta meet you. I have to uh, meet you and yeah, hang with dude. you. You just seem so cool. We got, like, up, man. got a feeling we will. Yeah, and Weedy, that is my brother, man. Much love to Weedy. Sure. I love him. We had him on the podcast. We'll get you on together next oh, time. Live. Live. Let's do that. Live. That'll be a time right there. And, 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 and I'm going to speak this out there. You, me, and Weedy got to record something together. I know once I'm getting my djembe lessons going, I get you heard that banjo bass, right? I got this banjo bass with nylon strings on it. I do it's not know about big. this. Dude, it sounds very African. It sounds like an Angoni bass. Oh, much okay. more so than a regular bass. Are you but, using that on a dead gig? No, but I'm I'm using it like I want to use it with John Modesky. I want to I want to use it in these new projects that are like okay. where I want to really dial the the ancient frequency into the future frequency and put the so that's where i'm that's what i'm thinking about you me weedy banjo bass. oh man yes please <laughs> man by the way i haven't recorded with you since that last record we did with you and kofi yep that's that was an amazing, amazing project man that's the last recording i did with kofi and yeah. colonel bruce and you exactly. and me and kofi and the colonel are all on that track dedicated to elvin jones together yeah some beautiful yeah. stuff on there, bro. I, 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 I still remember the, the feeling when we were recording that stuff, man. It was so, the vibration was so high, man. It was so uplifting. So thank you for letting me be a part of that. Dude, let's do 10 more. I'd love to. <laughs> I love you, man. Absolutely. Love you too, man. Hey, good meet you, man. Totally, bro. And while we're putting stuff out there, while we're putting stuff out there, I, I want to tour with Dave Chappelle. <laughs> so now it's out there in the universe. Now it's out there. there right. it and we'll be listening and we'll be listening to your guys' album when we're on the road. On the jet. <laughs> See? That's how you gotta do it. You gotta be specific when you ask God for stuff. Gotta be specific. Yeah. <laughs> so no pressure, guys, but record this album so I can get on the road with Dave. I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Bye, guys. All right, man. Take care, y'all. Thanks. Love you. All right, buddy. You too, man. Bye-bye. Later. Osiris. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.